0: Good morning. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Mark's Gospel. We're going to read from Mark chapter 16. I'm going to start to read at verse 9. So it's verse 9 from Mark chapter 16. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him, and who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive, and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. Afterwards, Jesus appeared in different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating, He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not harm them at all. They will place their hands on sick people. They will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his words by the signs that accompanied it. God, I have his blessings for that word. Let's just pray. Oh, Father, we thank you again that we can come before you, and we just ask your blessing upon us now as we seek to understand these words, that you might speak to us through them. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, before we look at this uh, passage i just want to start this morning with a quote from our statement of faith and this is what it says about the bible it says this god has revealed himself in the bible which consists of the old and new testaments alone every word was inspired by god through human authors so that the bible as originally given is in its entirety the word of god without error and fully reliable in fact and doctrine the Bible alone speaks with final authority and is always sufficient for all matters of belief and practice you know this is telling us that we can trust God's Word this speaks of what we call the inerrancy of Scripture in other words it's exemption from error it is the infallibility of God's Word and even when we come to our Bibles in 2 Timothy we're very familiar with that verse in Uh, chapter 3 verse 16 and that verse starts all scripture is God breathed so now if you look in your bible uh, just before we started to read from verse 9 you would have seen in some bibles a statement uh, between verse 8 and 9 and the statement says the earliest manuscripts and some other ancient witnesses do not have verses 9 to 20 now, I want us just to consider this for a moment this morning, because we shouldn't really be upset by this. We shouldn't be alarmed by this. It's not here to alarm us. This statement is actually a confirmation of the fact that we can trust the inerrancy and the infallibility of God's word. The translators are not saying that these verses are wrong. What they are saying is that they might not have been written by Mark. The words themselves are true, the words are are confirmed as such when we read the other accounts of these events in the other Gospels. But going back to the very earliest manuscripts, some of them did not contain this last section of 11 verses. Now, some of you uh, might have a a study Bible, or it might be um, an ordinary Bible, but you will see a few things at the beginning of your Bible things, the little chapter or a little few pages that will explain the meaning of the things like our chapter numbers, our verse numbers. And if you have a reference Bible, it will uh, encourage you and show you how to understand the references. And in some of those Bibles, there might be a section on um, the methods used in translation. In other words, they're there to help us understand something of how we have our Bibles in our own language. And it's always good to read that section if you've got one in your Bible. Now, let us this morning look at this passage. And what I want us to do, I want us to continue to learn about who Jesus is. Because this is what Mark wants us to know. He wants us to know why he came. He wants us to know what it means to us today, the fact that Jesus did come. So let's just have a look at these um, 11 verses together. And let's start with verse 9 and just read these few verses to you. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. And when they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe. Now, this is very brief, but it is a true account of what happened Now, if we were to go to John's gospel, he would give us a more detailed account of this. And we can find that in John 20, verse 11 through to 18. And this is what John says. Now, Mary stood outside the tomb crying as she wept. She bent over to look into the tomb, And saw two angels in white seated where jesus body had been so this is mary going to the tomb john goes on and tells us quite a little bit more and then when we come to the end of what john is saying we read this and this is what jesus said to mary Uh, go instead to my brothers and tell them i am ascending to my father and your father to my god and your god mary magdalene went to the disciples with the news i have seen the lord And she told them that he had said these things to her. Now, that's just a longer account in John than we have here in Mark. We also know that uh, at this first event, the disciples didn't believe what had happened. Now, Mark has already told us that even when Jesus had been teaching them They were very slow to learn, and at times he had to challenge them for their lack of faith. And we will see that here from the other Gospels, how they at first didn't really believe that Jesus had risen from the dead. But let's go on in uh, 12 and 13 of chapter 16 in Mark. Afterwards, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Now again, this is just a brief reference. And this is a reference to the account that Luke tells us about. And in Luke's account, this is Luke chapter 24, verse 13 uh, 13 through to 34. And this is the passage we know as the two on the road to Emmaus. Then we come to verse 14 of Mark 16. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Now again, we can read more about this in Luke chapter 24, verse 36 through to 43. And when we come to the end of that little passage in Luke, this is what we read in verse 43. They still did not believe it because of joy and amazement. You see, Mark is right in what he's saying, as John is, and as Luke is, that the disciples were slow to accept the fact that Jesus had risen. And when they saw him in Luke chapter 24, they still didn't believe But they had joy and amazement. It's a little bit like we see something, we know it to be true, and we say, wow, I can't believe it. So their belief, which initially was a doubt, has now turned to a belief of joy. So let's go back to Mark. And Mark chapter 16, verse 15 through to 16. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned again. This is a very brief reference to the Great Commission and Matthew in chapter 28. He tells us a lot more about that. Matthew 28 verse 18 to 20. When Jesus came to them, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. So let's go back to Mark's short account at the end of his gospel of all these things here. So verse 17 through to 18. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name, They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on people who are ill and they will get well. Now, sometimes this verse is misunderstood, misquoted. When it says that they will place their hands on people who are ill and they will get well, it doesn't mean everybody will get well. It's not saying that if you go and purposely drink poison, you will live. Or if you go and handle a snake, you won't get bitten because the chances are you will. You've got to really understand what's being said here. We know from the Acts of the Apostles that the disciples, by the power of the Holy Spirit, were able to do miraculous things as they took the gospel to the people. Now, when Luke wrote the Acts of the Apostles, the same can be said of Luke. As he was writing the Acts of those apostles, as John said when he was writing about Jesus in his gospel. He didn't write everything. Just as Luke couldn't write everything. John in his gospel says this in chapter twenty, verse thirty through thirty-one. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That was the same reason that Luke wrote the Acts of the Apostles, that through the Acts of the Apostles we might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing we might have life in the name of Jesus. We do have that little incident in Acts 28, verse 3 to 5, where Paul, while he was gathering up Brushwood was bitten by a snake, and the people were amazed because he didn't die. On that occasion, God did preserve him. Doesn't mean that we can go around picking up snakes. Mark 16, verse 19 through to 20. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his words by the signs that accompanied it. So we've gone very quickly this morning through those um, verses, those 11 verses at the end of Mark's gospel. And what I want us to do is just to briefly um, go back to chapter 1 and let us just read a little bit about what Mark wants us to know and then have a look at some of the things that he's told us. So Mark chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare the way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. So this is Mark. He starts off by telling us that... The prophets have already spoken about who Jesus is. That John the Baptist is about to go and tell the people who Jesus is. And also that commission of telling people about Jesus passes on to us today. You see, Mark wants us to know who Jesus is. He wants us to know he's the Messiah, the Son of God. Verse 5 of chapter 2. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son your sins are forgiven you see mark wants us to know that jesus has the power to forgive sin that's who he is verse 17 of chapter 2 it's not the healthy who need a doctor but those who are ill i have come to call the righteous not i have come not to call the righteous but sinners you see mark wants us to know that jesus has come to call sinners to repentance Chapter 4, verse 39. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. You see, Mark wants us to know who Jesus is. He is the one who can control the elements. Verse 39 and 40. Chapter 4. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, "Uh, Sorry, let's go to chapter 5, verse 34. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. He wants us to know that Jesus is the one who has the power to heal, to heal the sick. Chapter 8, verse 29. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah. You see, Jesus, he's not interested in hearing from us what other people say. He wants to know what we say about him. He wants to know who we think he is. And Peter, on that occasion, quite firmly said, You are the Messiah. Chapter 9, verse 31. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they didn't understand what he meant. And we're afraid to ask him about it. This is when Jesus tells them about what's going to happen to him and his disciples. They can't really accept it. They can't understand it. And even when we come to chapter 10, verse 26 and 27, the disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. This is when Jesus is explaining how we can be accepted by God. And he's saying it's not by what we can do, because that is impossible. But what we can't do, God can. Chapter 10, verse 33 to 34. We're going up to Jerusalem, he said. And a son of man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. You see, Jesus had been teaching them about what would happen. And part of that was that, yes, he would die. Yes, he would be buried. But also he would rise again. Mark tells us about... The arrest of Jesus he tells us about the trial of Jesus about his death about his burial about the empty tomb he tells us the words of the angel to the women that's Mark 16 verse 6 to 8 don't be alarmed he said you're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified he has risen he is not here see the place where they laid him but go tell his disciples and peter he is going ahead of you into galilee there you will see him just as he told you trembling and bewildered the women went out and fled from the tomb and they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid we know that they said nothing until they got to the disciples and then they told them what they'd been told to tell them you see Mark wants us to know about the most important event that's happened in the history of mankind. And that is the fact that Jesus is risen and that he is alive. Here's a question for you. Do you believe this? What well, I want us to finish this morning is we consider one or two things. You see, all this that Mark is talking about, it happened at a time and a place when Jewish society would have little or no respect for the credibility of a woman's testimony. The truth of their words in those days would have stood alongside those of a slave or of a criminal. First of all, if the resurrection was a made-up story, the writers, knowing that, that no one would believe the testimony of a woman. Well, they would have told the story of it being men who were the first with the news. Secondly, we find that all the gospel writers tell us that these women were the first to be given the good news of the resurrection. And that first event That they went and told to the men. The men were reluctant even then to believe them. Thirdly, this is the truth of what really happened. And what happened was actually beyond human capability. The impossible has happened. Jesus has risen from the dead. Remember what Jesus said with man. This is impossible, but with God, all things are possible with God. Fourthly, the disciples did eventually believe. You see, they saw for themselves. They saw his wounds. They heard his words. They spent 40 days with him, and then they saw him ascend into heaven. Let me ask this question again. Do you believe this? Let me ask this question. If you do, have you put your trust in that belief and accepted Jesus as your Saviour? As we come to the end of Mark's Gospel, I pray that you have done that. And if you have, not if you haven't done it, why not? You know that Jesus actually prayed for you and me. Let me just finish with... A few verses as we listen to the words of Jesus. John 17, verse 20 to 21. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me, and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. You know what? Jesus is saying that he's praying that you and I this morning might believe the message of who he is brought to us through Mark's gospel and by the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to believe in him. John 20 verse 29. This is what Jesus said to his disciples. Then Jesus told them, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. We've just finished our time going through Mark's gospel. We've heard the message. Have we seen Jesus? Well, not in the flesh, but we don't see, need to see him in the flesh. That's why Jesus said, Because you have seen me, this is his disciples, and you have believed. Then he went on, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Pray that we will see Jesus through his living word. Father, we just ask your blessing upon us now. That you might speak to us through what we have learned from the gospel of Mark. From what we have heard And our Father, we just ask that you will help us to see our situation before a holy God, that we are sinners who can only be rejected by a holy God if we remain in our sin. But the way to have our sin dealt with is to bring it to you and to accept that you took the punishment when you died on the cross. Father, help us understand these things as we ask them in your name. Amen.